In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Every one of us should know with such familiarity that the prayer can just spring from our heart without effort. Oh my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended thee because of thy just punishments. But most of all, because they offend thee, my God, who are all good, deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin. Amen. That prayer should always be just on the edge of our lips. I don't know if you heard the sad story of a, a lobster boat. My brain is already sort of in Maine already, but a lobster boat was going down, and the two lobstermen were, were desperate. The Coast Guard wasn't going to get there in time, and as the boat was sinking, the one said to the other, do you know any prayers? I don't know any prayers. And the other said, well, I don't know any prayers, but I live next door to a Catholic church. And he said, well, go, you know, pray. We need to pray. And so they get down on their knees, and he says, B12, N17. <laughs> Not the same. So... Your grandchildren, your children, your godchildren, your little brothers, little sisters, they need to know the act of contrition like the back of their hand. Before First Holy Communion, obviously we go to confession. And to get ready for that first confession, it's not a burden, it's liberating to have memorized the act of contrition. Imagine it's already disquieting enough. It's, it's a box. It's small, it kind of smells bad sometimes, and to go in there thinking, I don't know what I'm supposed to say, that just adds burden on top of obstacle. But instead, what happens? The little ones who have their first, who, the little ones who have their active contrition memorized, and weeks if not months in advance, they are ready to show off that they have it memorized. Even at some parishes where the, the first confession is done more like a penance service and the pastor gets up there and has everyone do the act of contrition together so that they don't have to do it in confession, 99 times out of 100, the little one coming into confession for their first confession, they desperately want to show you that they know the act of contrition. They're proud of it. They want to show off, which is fine. And then for the rest of our lives, we have that when, when we would otherwise maybe not make a complete, full act of contrition. Because as we get older, we get more complicated. The little one who, who knows, I'm, I did bad, and I'm so sorry. That same little one who comes out of the confessional is like, that was great. It's so different from... Some older people who are approaching the sacrament with, um, with a complicated heart, with guile. Right? We go to the confessional and we, we know we have to mention some things because they're on the list of things we have to mention, but it comes with such an explanation, an alibi, and, and, and diminishment of responsibility and, and excuses. It's, it's painful. It's different from circumstances that make something not a mortal sin. So I'm not talking about, I missed Sunday Mass. 
because I was in the hospital. Okay, that makes a big difference, right? That's not a mortal sin anymore. So that's not the kind of alibi and excuse I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who know they did something wrong. They just want to sound not so bad, right? They don't want to sound like a sinner. They want to sound like someone who um, happened to have done something. You've probably heard me tell the story before. In New York City, near Grand Central Station, where Opus Dei now has responsibility for St. Agnes Church on 43rd Street, it's almost a million people coming and going through the city just a block away. And the gentleman who, who received my usual sequence of questions, if you go to confession and you don't say at the end, and I'm sorry for these and all my sins, Usually, I'll, I'll prompt you, not as a quiz, but just to tie a nice little bow at the end of your good confession, and so are you sorry for all your sins? And usually people say, yes, uh, yes I am, or yes of course, or absolutely. Sometimes the reply isn't so convincing. In which case, there's a follow-up question. So if you get the follow-up question, I'm not picking on you. It's just to make sure that it could be you're in a bad mood and, and there's just something, um, some of your resolve isn't coming through. But the follow-up question will be something like, okay, so what's your resolution for not committing these sins again? What is it that you're going to change so that this doesn't happen anymore? It's good to remember that it's not enough to simply say, I just hope it never happens again. Because then we're just working on emotions. We're so sorry, which is good, we're so distraught that we just hope that we never end up in this predicament again. The emotional value of that is, is great, but it doesn't translate into actually changing my life, usually, because there's such relief from being absolved. What is it that we, when we say the act of contrition that points in another direction? With the help of thy grace to sin no more, and to avoid the near occasion of sin. That means I'm going to change my life. I'm not just simply hoping that I don't ever pull the trigger again on any of those sins. It means I'm not even going to go in the direction that puts me in a situation to pull the trigger on those sins. Well, the response from this particularly memorable penitent was, look, Father, your job is to give me absolution. The confessional is not a great place for a conversation, nor a good place to dress someone down. So you get your penance, we're done, I'll pray for you. And that extreme example hopefully jars you and realize that we're like that in small ways. We don't want to be challenged. We don't want to admit that we're sinners. We don't want to admit that we have to change. Sometimes we don't even recognize what we've done. Yesterday, I'm driving back from the cathedral on Old Dominion, right? Headed north on Old Dominion, past Safeway, past Starbucks, get through that first intersection, and I'm coming up on the light where I want to turn right to go up the corkscrew to get to Kirby and then left on Linway. That's where Old Dominion widens into two lanes. Hopefully you can imagine what I'm describing. And there's a long line of cars at the red light to go north on Old Dominion. But the, the right lane to turn up 
the little corkscrew is totally wide open. So I'm just going down there, except there's a BMW just totally blocking that right lane. Oblivious to the world. And it's not like traffic's moving northward on Old Dominion. It's just a red light. I tap on the horn. It's a little hard to tap on the horn, but I tried to just tap on the horn to indicate that, you know, you could back up and let me through, and then you could go back to where you were before. No, instead, the young person, basically with sign language, said, I need to go north in Old Dominion. That's why I'm staying right here. Wow. Again, between car windows, it's not a great place for a conversation, nor a great place to dress someone down. But sometimes we're so oblivious, we think that everything we want is reasonable. We even think our sins are reasonable. In the gospel today, our Lord is dealing with the sinners, only one of whom realizes that she's a sinner. Isn't it beautiful how the Pharisee is thinking to himself, right? It doesn't say he said out loud. The Pharisee saw this. He said to himself, boy, if Jesus were really a prophet, he would know that that woman is a sinner. And how does our Lord just burst his bubble? The Lord turns to him and makes it clear that I know she's a sinner. I also know you're a sinner. You're the only one. The Pharisee's the only one who doesn't realize who the sinner is himself. So we all are. We're all sinners. Some of us are worse than others. But the only one for whose sins I'm responsible are my own. The only person whose sins for which you are directly responsible are your own. So your own sins should give you far greater distress than anyone else's sins in the world. And our admission of that should be simple and humble. Have mercy on me, Lord, a sinner. In our prayers together as a, as a church, there are lots of times when I say you, speaking to you, and you say you, speaking to me. Right? The Lord be with you and with your spirit. There are two times in the course of the Holy Mass when you say the word you and you mean each other. One of them is obligatory. The other is optional. And it's, in fact, your very first prayer. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, the only time that you have to say you to each other during Mass is when you, and myself included, when we all say to each other, I'm a sinner, I need your prayers. It's the only time we ever say you to each and every other person in the church. That's our first acknowledgement. We're all sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Pray for me. Our Lord does tell us if you're about to offer your sacrifice, go and make peace and then come back. When that prayer of I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, when that has been preceded by genuine reconciliation, right, in the car on the way to church or at home or at the office or wherever it needs to be, what a powerful prayer that is. But when we've avoided it, when we've dodged it, and we haven't apologized to someone at home, and then we're sitting next to them and we say, I confess to Almighty God, to you, my brother, you know, through my own fault. Boy, does that ring hollow. 
yeah, you can say the right words in front of everybody, but how about actually doing it in real life? And then, beautifully, it's optional to sign a piece is. I'll be writing about it in the bulletin in the next few months. But how beautiful it is then, right before Holy Communion, we make the sign of peace to each other, the formal way being the peace of the Lord be with you, and with your spirit would be the response, as if to say, I'm healed. I've received peace from the Lamb of God because I'm reconciled to Him. That peace of being reconciled, I have received and I give to you. All of that is over now. These are the times when we say you to each other at Mass. And then together, how do we approach the Lord finally with humility? And hopefully with ever greater humility every time we come to Him for forgiveness, especially in the sacrament. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.